For more than 100 years, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. Getting into the NFL is hard enough on the field, but few have had to deal with the kind of off-the-field adversity that challenged young Josh Bidwell on his way to the Green Bay Packers. Josh, you said you came from not an ideal childhood. Uh, it was a tough childhood, a broken home, as I think you mentioned. Um, how did that shape you, and, and how did that impact you as a person, especially to be able to uh, not only go on athletically, but accomplish what you have in your life? Yeah, it, that had everything to do with uh, kind of setting the foundation of where I was going to go in life. Um, you really have two choices when you have uh, bad examples in your life. You can either succumb to those as an excuse to fail, or you can use those in, as an excuse to do better. And immediately I, I use those as an excuse to do better. And so my entire childhood, I was chasing something that people said I was out of reach. Uh, success, uh, being a good person, staying away from some of the things that I saw in my family situation. And that was a big catalyst in getting me into the right environments, um, which I credit the Lord with because he brought the right people, godly people into my life as I was navigating through a broken home and tough childhood situation. Uh, so by the time I was at ages where I could make some pretty strong, personal, committed decisions on what I was gonna do in school, the type of people I was gonna hang out with, and who I wanted to be, um, those decisions were being made in a positive way. Bidwell overcame the tough upbringing to become a fourth round draft choice by the Packers in 1999. But the roller coaster of a lifetime was only beginning. Just months after the draft, he received a diagnosis of testicular cancer. I'll never forget the sequence of events that happened. My first two um, preseason games, that training camp, my first training camp, didn't go all that well. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit of pressure in that situation. We go down to New Orleans and uh, the dome situation, everything went great, had a great game. Uh, the next day, I got a call saying, hey, congratulations, you know, we're really proud of you. You did a great job yesterday, and uh, we're, we're going to make you the starting punter for the team. So that was a Sunday morning, and what a Sunday morning that was. I got to call on my family, my close friends, let them know, hey, I've arrived, I've made it, I'm going to be the starter this year. Um, and then the next two nights, uh, just didn't feel all that well, didn't know what was going on, um, had no idea at all about the type of cancer that, that was uh, inside of me. And finally Wednesday night, uh, or Wednesday morning, when I went into the football facility, I just sat in the locker and I sat there and everybody's going to meetings and we didn't have any special teams meetings that morning. And, and I sat there and I just, I just knew that I was supposed to walk around the corner, go see Dr. Gray and, and have him assess my situation. And it's really, it's hard to describe to, to somebody who hasn't gone through something like this, but in the span of six hours, I went from being the starting punter for the Green Bay Packers to having been discovered, diagnosed, and even operated on and released with testicular cancer. And at 23 years old, when two days before your dream came true and two days later, your life's hanging in the balance, I honestly couldn't describe that whirlwind. What was the diagnosis? What did Dr. Gray tell you? Um, his initial diagnosis was just with his eyes, to be perfectly honest with you. He gave me a quick exam and then he looked at me and said, we need to get you to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the hospital, it was um, an ultrasound and that takes 
one minute and 14 seconds. And that doctor looked at me and said, yeah, sorry, it's testicular cancer. At that point, they think, we don't know which one it is. There's a good cancer that we could just remove the tumor. You'll be fine in a couple weeks when you recover from the surgery. Or there's the other severe cells that are very aggressive, and we won't know until we send that away. So that's what I was waiting on. My, my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, Bethany, was um, actually a day away from going to Costa Rica. She was doing training for a missionary trip. And she was in L.A. and uh, got the call and flew overnight. So she landed in Green Bay when I woke up that next morning. So we got that call to come in over the weekend after the pathology report came in. And I'll never forget, we walked into one of the big uh, meeting rooms, beautiful oak table in front of us with the Green Bay G in it, the entire Green Bay brass, and my urologist is on one side and there's two chairs on the other. And that's when uh, Bethany and I sat down and my urologist just said, Josh, you're done. I mean, those were his first words. And I'm thinking, done living, done playing? Like, right. what are you talking about? And he goes, you had every aggressive cell associated with this cancer in your tumor, and it's most likely spread. Uh, your football days are over right now. And you talk about an emotional crash. I sat there. I didn't know what to say. I felt like I was supposed to say something, and I didn't know what to say. And at that point, I knew I had to, to leave, and, and we were going to go find the best doctors, and Green Bay was going to help us do that. But I'll never forget walking down the old player parking lot um, hallway, not saying a word. I was holding Bethany's hand. And I just collapsed. I mean, I, there was no specific emotion. It just collapsed, huh. and I just started sobbing. No, no idea why in that moment. And I can look back now, and I can make some sense of it, but in that moment, she didn't say anything. She just sat on the ground next to me and held me, and, and we just sat there and cried for about five minutes and got up and wiped away our tears and went to the car and, and said, all right, now we need to refocus on our journey. Okay, and your journey uh, obviously was a successful one. Um, treatment went well because you were kicking a year later so from that dark moment to yeah I, I mean it must did they catch it in time was that the deal pretty pretty incredible so yeah so I flew back home to Oregon and thankfully um, uh, we had one of the best doctors for this type of cancer in Portland Oregon at uh, Oregon Health Science University and so when I went back home that was as close to home as I was going to be able to get so we lived in a hotel um, up in Portland Oregon I was getting uh, I had a second treatment to remove 45 lymph nodes from my midsection. That also was going to possibly be good news when I came to and they said they were, they were all infected, so the cancer spread, you have to have chemo now. And I went straight into chemo before the healing happened, and so the healing was extended another two or three months from, from that process. And so, you know, for me, the, the worst of it physically was um, living at my girlfriend's parents' house, having them carry me downstairs on the couch where I would spend the whole day, carry me back upstairs, um, any emergencies that would happen or if I had any issues in the middle of the night, my, my girlfriend was sleeping on the floor next to my bed for two straight months. A wow. um, couple times I had to be rushed to the hospital for different issues. Uh, these, this was all the process that, that I was having to go through until finally um, getting a clean diagnosis um, at the beginning of the year after going through four months of uh, that process um, and the doctor saying at this point it's just checkups you know rehab yourself get yourself back to to health but at that point I couldn't walk down a, a house hallway without sitting down and resting so how did you get back to the NFL so quickly it was uh, it was a lot of hard work um, my trainer that we had uh, athletic trainer back at the University of Oregon who had been there for you know 40 years um, said hey let's do this and so I would get dropped off at the University of Oregon football facility uh, my first workouts would last 
maybe 10 minutes. I'd have you know one rep of 10 with no weights on something. Wow. And I mean, it was just exhausting. But the thing that I found out, and, and most people will know, anybody who's worked out before, you, you gain it back faster than you gained it in the first place. And I was pleasantly surprised that as I was going through that process that things were starting to come back faster. But I was also very, very thankful for Jim Radcliffe, my trainer, because he didn't want me to go too fast. He says, you're gonna feel better than you actually are. Trust the process, let's just walk through this. And so it really took about three months for me to get my 40 pounds back, um, to get myself into an athletic, uh, athletically strong physique, um, and then be able to punt the ball effectively. I did a lot of things to get myself ready for that point. Um, but it wasn't probably until March that I was really capable. When you got back to Green Bay, what was the reaction? What was the feeling? <clears throat> you, you had to win a job, right? Yeah. So, you know, my, my loyalty to this organization is hard to describe. Uh, the fact that they even gave me an opportunity to come back um, didn't waste their time by saying, listen, we're just going to get some guys we know don't have an X factor. Um, they brought me back. They allowed me a chance to, to win the job. Um, I was noticeably stronger than the guys they kept bringing in, but they kept bringing guys in. So somebody wouldn't stack up. They felt like this is a waste of time. Let's get somebody else. And so they did bring some good competition in. Um, but at that point, I don't think I've ever been more focused in my entire life on anything than winning that job. What about your teammates? How did they react when you got back? Uh, my teammates were phenomenal. Now, Back to the, the original part was I, I was diagnosed before the league year began, so I didn't have insurance. So I was staring at $120,000 of the privilege of saving my own life. And uh, Ryan uh, Longwell in particular called me probably about two months into my chemotherapy treatments, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm laying on the couch with a beanie on my bald head, and I'm emaciated, just sitting there counting the uh, time go by. And he called and said, hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay? And I was giving him an update on the process. He goes, hey, I just want to let you know, I just went around the locker room and, and just asked guys if they would donate to help pay for your medical bills, and I just raised $60,000. Wow. A couple players wrote a check right on the spot for $10,000. Just guys that I only knew for three, four months. Wow. So when I got back, there were quite a few guys who were quite literally invested in my return, and there were really the majority of everybody else that emotionally was. And so... Um, the support that I felt from the teammates, the support that I felt from the fans, and of course the organization was something that I was going to honor. Now, you went on to win the job, had a nice long career in the NFL, that type of thing. Um, when you did win the job, and, and here you get that news again, did you hearken back to the previous year when? I did, especially the first moment that uh, uh, Ryan and I ran out of the tunnel for our, our opening home game. Yeah. Um, he and I ran to the, uh, to the G and just kind of stood there and watched. And uh, he put his arm around me and said, can you believe it? <laughs> and uh, you know, it's an emotional thing for me to remember. And then I think I'm probably the only punter that ever got a standing ovation for his opening punt of a season. But I'll never forget when, when my name was announced and I ran out onto the field. Um, the, the noticeable cheer that I was getting. Um, and at that point, I, I realized, man, it, I, I, I made it. I can, I can focus on the future now. Josh went on to punt for 12 seasons in the NFL, and today, he and his wife, Bethany, lead a beautiful life with four wonderful children. Bidwell is the team chaplain for the Oregon Ducks football team, and he also helps run the Josh Bidwell Foundation, helping young people find their way on life's journey. 
As for his time in Green Bay, well, you can tell how much it meant. This community, this team, shoot, the colors coming from the University of Oregon um, could not have been a more perfect experience for me. Um, Ron Wolf, Mike Sherman, the, the entire staff, uh, as mentioned before, the training staff, the strength staff, um, the town. I, I, I even met somebody uh, two months ago who remembered my story and who was in middle school raising in a penny drive to help fund my medical expenses. And I think you got to be kidding me. I mean, what organization would be that devoted to a young man that they barely knew? And what community would be that devoted to a young man that they didn't even know? Uh, but nonetheless, that's what the Green Bay Packer experience is all about. And I'll forever be a Green Bay Packer in my heart. Thank you.